0: As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazett. Each episode, we'll sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges.
1: Welcome to the newest episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. As we continue in the series that we, we are in, as I'm looking at Randy, how
0: did the first episode? <laughs> I, we of this had an series. incredible host. I mean, the
1: first episode.
0: I don't think they'll be asked back. So it was incredible <laughs> in the sense of it memorable, was memorable, yes. memorable.
1: It, 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 Who was that
0: host? I, I don't,
1: I don't what know. What was his name? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm glad
0: we're doing this the right way again. You go ahead. <laughs>
1: Well, we are in a three-part podcast series on staff culture and in covering all kinds of things. We talked a lot about healthy staff culture last week or last week episode, whenever mm-hmm. you listen to it. Um, and then we're going to talk some practicals about hiring the right staff for your culture, uh, for your vision in this episode, and really drill down into some probably more practicals, um, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah,
0: I think uh, this will get really practical, you very know?
1: helpful. Yes, because I think everybody that's listening, whether you're a lead pastor or a ministry leader or, or you know, it, you have prob- if you hire people, you've probably hired some people that you're like, oh my gosh, they are amazing. And I would hire them again over and over again. And then you've probably hired some people where, Oh man, you know, you learned from that. But I
0: mean, honestly, let's, let's be real practical. There are a lot of people that you hire that are not necessarily on payroll, (laughs) But you empower them as a leader over the ministry. You you know, how many volunteers do we all have in our churches? And they're
1: wearing the name of the church and the name of the lead pastor, and they're carrying the vision.
0: They are. So we're not just talking about because you put them on a payroll, but this is hiring, empowering of leaders, Leaders. volunteers, and staff. Anybody
1: that's carrying Mm -hmm. the vision and the mission forward. Yeah, exactly. um, A part of your team. Indeed. Absolutely. So we're going to drill down. It's going to be really good. And we are joined again by Miss Amy McCullough. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I, I can't complain. That's awesome. i to, to be back. here. Good. Yeah. We're glad to have you back here. It was so fun last time.
2: It was. It was. I don't so. know if
1: we made any sense, but,
0: <laughs> no. but we had a
1: good time. We did. And that's what it, it matters. It made a
0: ton of sense. I think it really set the framework for this episode, really, yes. uh, you know, what kind of, creating a healthy culture now we're hiring and firing so
1: yeah, and how did you write? And you know, one of the things we kind of talked about this, if you missed the last episode, it was the first episode in this series about staff church culture, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to it. Um, because in that, you kind of shared, Amy, or we were all kind of joking, you've been on <laughs> the team for like four years, but it feels like forever, not in a bad way. Yeah, um, you
0: but, have to qualify that. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, not in a... forever. <laughs> <then>
2: <grammar.
1: laughs> <Yeah>. Gosh, we're <laughs> speaking of fire today. Um, not in a bad way, but because you fit into the culture and the dna of who we are as a church so incredibly well from day one and and you what our listeners may not know is you came in from the outside you were you were a part of a different church and organization and god really brought you here but i, I, I let's share a little bit of that because it was such a good fit from from both sides for bayside and for you and i think that could be a really great jumping off point to really help our listeners know the value of hiring the right person. Indeed. And then we can talk about letting the wrong ones
2: go, but yeah.
1: but uh, it's important to, if you can, hire the right person from the beginning.
2: Absolutely. So I uh, started in ministry in 2003, so I was actually working for churches for 13 years before I came to Bayside, um, and I can't, I'm like, that just is crazy to even think about. Um, but I was on staff at uh, four churches before coming to Bayside so started a ministry you know changed some churches over time was with our first church for over 10 years um, and there was always this part of my heart that just felt like, we could do this better. And by the this, I mean how we treat staff, how we hire, what our culture is, how we reward or recognize. Um, And the one thing that the churches had in common that seemed strange to me was we, a lot of them were focused on especially uh, non, what they would classify as non-ministry positions, so your uh, business office and your facilities team and um, operational activities were always hired outside of the church.
0: So not the minister's side, the front line. Correct, okay. but
2: the the back, you know, the behind the curtain part of the church, and Um, So I was in conversations a lot of times in that executive role or that business administrator role where we would need to make a staff transition or we are creating a policy and my heart was... I want to take care of the person. Like I know this person and there's a relationship there and I I care about them and I care about their family and, and I know, you know, the time that they put in. But because that person so often wasn't a member of the church, it's easy to view them as a hireling. Like, we hire you to do this job. And so um, there's there's almost a lack of a commitment on both sides of the coin when Mm -hmm. that happens, right? The staff member is showing up for a paycheck. They're not fully bought into the vision. You as the employer and not the church are looking at that person differently. And so there's this thing in my spirit for so many years that was just like, if I ever was a part of a church that loved people and put them first, like, it would make all of this That's so, so much so, easier. That
0: sounds so bad. If you think about it, I, I know I know what you mean by that. If I could ever be a part of a church where they love people.
2: I'm just, I mean, on the inside, right? So like Sunday morning, loving people as the church is different than loving people in the mess of life. Yeah. When when relationships fall apart, when financial burdens hit, when kids get sick, when all these things happen, what do you do in those moments Mm -hmm. to love people? And that's what I was looking for. And so uh, we moved to Florida in 2013 and found out about Bayside. We attended Bayside as like our Sabbath, our resting place, you know, walk in in shorts and flip-flops and sit in the balcony and just like get to observe for so long. You were just mooching. I was totally mooching. Such a (laughs)
1: moocher, Mooching
2: and praying. That is not a good
0: plug to ever go back to Saturday (laughs) night service again. Let me just say that. Okay,
2: so, so I'll add on to the mooching. It was mooching and praying for God to open the right door at the right time. So I did spend three years praying my way onto our team Um, and going, God, I'll do anything if I could just be a part of a church that loves people like this. Um, And I only saw right in front of the curtain and and what was done. Um, But in coming on staff in 2016 and being able to help build the HR department here and really take the fact that Pastor Randy, you and Amy loved people in in front of the curtain and behind the curtain. There, I didn't find a difference in that. So to be able to replicate that heart and who we were as a church from HR policies, and and I would dare say life-giving HR policies, a life-giving HR department. There um, is such a thing there as that. Is, Maybe yeah, we're going to coin claim the it. Whole You thing should.
0: Out. That's your intellectual property. You, you of course, right you work are. for Bayside, yeah, so okay. really, yeah. <laughs>
1: HR said that we don't.
0: But think about it. So we're here to talk in this episode about hiring the right people. And then what do you do if people aren't doing a good job? And so as the point leader, what I would like to speak to at first is that you, you can't hire the right people unless you actually have the right culture. Absolutely. And you're going to attract the people that you really are. And if you want those thoroughbreds, then you have to be willing to get dirty and get gritty. In the way that you lead, and um, don't be lazy. In mm-hmm. other words, I'm going to hire from outside, and I'm not going to pastor the people that I hire. Is I'm hiring you for a job. It's, that's really hard, mm-hmm. but it's the best way to do it, and otherwise you just do it in a lazy form. And I, I think a lot of times I'll tell the people that work directly for me, like I'm thinking of, of my assistant, that I, I, I am her pastor, but when it comes to pastoral issues, Go to another pastor on staff because mm-hmm. it's hard to separate those sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh, we should do it as a church, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ensuring that. People have a safe place to go Mm -hmm. and that encouragement to go and seek out pastoral care when there are issues gives every staff member that safety of Mm -hmm. it's okay that I go talk to someone else about this. And and then they have a proper expectation of you as their manager, you Mm -hmm. as their boss to not be both hand. Right. So so it's hard to do both. It 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 does.
1: Yeah. But it is important that we provide a place for both to happen.
0: They have to happen. They don't have to it's just the best way to get the right employees and the right culture and to what? keep the right employees mm-hmm. right
1: um and so you know your story amy it it really it, i i appreciate you sharing it because it really paints the picture of how important it is to hire the right person not just for the job but for the the place the vision the mission um you know you were performing a, the, a similar job at different places but at Bayside there was something about the mission and the culture of the church that aligned with what was innately in you and your values and your belief system and it and what it caused you to do was even produce greater more things i might say than you've ever really produced before in in other places and i think that that is so um, you know for for leaders that are hiring people um you know it's important not to rush the process of just trying to fill a seat let's oh, maybe use yes. this as a jumping off point yes. because haven't we all hired people out of need out of pain there we go and what it results in is not, a pretty picture it's not. so how do you how do we balance the tension right. of we we need a hire but we want to hire the right person but it's painful
2: to wait Yeah, I think that uh, one of the best things that we can do is surround our hiring managers with a team to help them make the hire so when I when I interviewed at Bayside I had a panel and then I had interviews with our associate um, pastors. And then I had an interview with Pastor Randy. So I had, you know, seven or eight people speaking into that decision. For our hiring process today, we have a panel that needs to unanimously agree, no mm-hmm. matter what position it is in the organization, that this person is the right culture fit for us, is the right chemistry fit for us as a church, mm-hmm. as the competencies to Well, do don't the we job. mostly
0: interview for culture, not competency? Yeah. You know, skills because you're going to yeah. see
2: that you'll get that from a resume. It has to be part of the process, right? We have to know that you can do well, it. They may
0: need certain skills. Yeah. I got to know how to work Excel, right. or I need to know yeah. how to do graphic design. Absolutely, but they either are certified in those things or they're not. Right? Okay, so let the interview process be around culture, right? Because culture trumps everything. I, what was it? Um, I don't remember what Pastor said it, but the three C's, right? Culture, competency, and character. One hundred percent. Yeah. And, yep. and so. Uh, culture is extremely important. And if you know the person, if you're hiring them from within, then mm-hmm. you should already know their character. So we're really just kind of dealing with the culture thing. And um, and this whole idea, you said with a panel, wh- mm-hmm. what would be the most important thing in choosing a panel? I would think that it would be people that have no say so on who is hired. In other words, they, they don't, don't benefit, benefit from the hire. Yeah. And they're not real close to the person that they're hiring or interviewing panel interviewing for because they're like oh i feel your pain kristen i know you need to hire somebody so i'm going to say yes because i know mm-hmm. any, somebody yeah. that's neutral yeah mm-hmm. we call that a
2: wild card wild on card. the panel um and uh, you know two of the best things that are part of our panel process is that wild card so they're not affected at all by that ministry area they're not a direct mm-hmm. report they're not in the same ministry they they simply are the culture carrier On the panel Um, and then that panel of people that will protect as a hiring manager now I feel that pain I'm like I've open positions things are coming like we have to get after this I need to rely heavily on those I asked to be on the panel to say I will be blind to some of the flags that come up in these interviews so owning that and letting people speak into it so that unanimous uh, written panel sign off that, yep, mm-hmm. this person should be on the Bayside team, and I'm signing my name to support them when they're hired to stand behind this is so critical.
0: And I don't think yeah. people understand the importance of this. Kristen, hiring to pain is what we all do. I mean, I, I'm busy, I'm tired, uh, I've got all this these projects, initiatives I have to do, and I I need this person so bad. So it seems like the the right answer. And it maybe solves the problem immediately, only emotionally.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But yes. in the long run, it's you a- actually just loaded your wagon <laughs> even seriously. more. You have <laughs> yes. a bigger. Because now you got to fire em at yeah. time, gotta them at some point. And you got to put out fires. and It's a mess. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Just So go slow.
1: Go slow. Yes.
0: Go slow. It's most of the. What, what what is it the best way to fire somebody is to never hire them
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good absolutely but you know I love I love what you started to lay out you know the different things that you look for when hiring um and, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about some of those those key things um but culture and and DNA and heart and whatever word you would put um has got to be Uh, a super high priority because a lot of the competencies, either you have them or they can be taught. Skill can oftentimes be taught. If somebody is teachable, um, it can be taught. Mm -hmm. But what can't be taught is culture Mm -hmm. and heart and what drives somebody. You Mm -hmm. either are going to fit within the team or it's just going to be an uphill battle. And it doesn't make that person a bad person, or it just means that this might not be the right bus that they, they should be on. Right. Um, and, and it's hard to teach that if you don't already have
0: it. Right. So you, you ultimately, I guess what you should start with is what are the cultures, the values that mm-hmm. I'm looking for in a person. So now I interview to those. Once again, if we don't quantify what they are, then you could tell people, we want to hire somebody with the right culture. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, I got to define
1: it. <laughs> yeah. I, like if, what?
0: Yes. If you so don't define it, for? then you leave people to their own devices. Exactly. And, you know.
1: And some people might get it right and other people are going to not.
0: It, exactly. So you need to define those. So uh, I don't know that we really should get into those. No, but, but I don't just want even to, that
1: principle of yeah. just making sure whatever your culture is at your church, your organization, mm-hmm. make sure you have it defined. So as you're interviewing people, you're weighing them up against, mm-hmm. are they going to fit within the values that we have as a church and sure. as an organization? Absolutely. Uh, how well will they fit? Right. You yes. know? So, Amy, what do you do when you have somebody on the bus and it's just not working out?
0: So the wheels on the bus just keep going around and
1: It bless their heart. Um, <laughs> if you're not
0: from the South.
1: <laughs> they don't know. I guess don't know. you don't say that.
0: <laughs> you, you, you do say it, but they need to know. So if you listen to this podcast and you're not from the South, which Kristen and I are both from Louisiana, <laughs> yeah. uh, Bless Your Heart isn't like a, Oh, they they feel sorry for me, or they, you know, they empathize with me. No, bless your heart means you're an idiot. Yeah, but in the south you can't say that. You can't
1: say it's a nice way of saying like you are an
0: idiot. Yeah, Uh bless
1: your heart. Yeah.
0: So if you're someone saying that, recognize they they really are your friend.
1: Um, But (laughs) yeah, okay. So so you you were in the HR world for a long while and you did. I mean, you you I think we joked about life giving HR. You really (laughs) did. You you came on board and you took the culture and the values of Bayside and you interwove the the black and whiteness that sometimes has to be HR, yes. Um, and uh, and so sometimes with that it it comes to not just hiring the right people, but it comes to letting go the wrong people. And so when 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 you've got situations like
2: that, what's the best way to do that? How, what do you do? So I think that there's a couple things. We as managers can sometimes be carrying a lot of internal frustration that we're not communicating to the staff member. So suddenly you, you get to this place and you're like, oh, I'm done, or this is so hard, or they're not getting it. And the first question that I ask is, have you stopped to seek understanding? Especially if it's someone who was performing well and now they're not. Um, depending on, you know, it what's happening in their life, what's happening behind the scenes, there could be something significantly, you know, off track right now. And mm-hmm. so stopping and seeking understanding and putting that first in purse person first. So that conversation that says, Hey, I want to check on you. I love you more than what you can do for this position. Are you okay? If the person is, a, is not fitting from day one, that's not the conversation to have. But if they've been on your team and they've been doing a great job and suddenly it's like, what in the world happened to Amy? Then hopefully someone would come and go, is everything okay? Like, yeah. you know, are things at home okay? Are things in life okay? Um, but then clearly setting expectations. So some of us, you know, when when we talk with one another, I might leave a meeting with one perception and you might leave the exact same meeting with some a very different perception. And so following up verbal conversations with an email that says, hey, just to clarify, yeah. here's what we agreed on in, in that verbal warning, so to speak, that's like, these are the expectations. These are the timeframes. They're, they're very measurable. Um, and then, you know, if things still aren't improving, we go into our documented written warning process. Um, I think that people knowing the steps in the process, knowing where they are, um, just the communication being transparent, oftentimes you get to or right before that written warning um, process. And a staff member will come to you as their manager and say, you know what? I don't think that this really is for me anymore. I think I need to find something different. Mm -hmm. And that opens a door where now you can partner with them Mm -hmm. in helping them to walk into their next best season. Um, But so often it's like, you know, it's the difficult conversation to have, sometimes as leaders we would rather avoid than step into they're Mm -hmm. not fun meetings Mm -hmm. and but when we don't have them and we just carry around the the anxiousness or the issues that that person in that position is creating we aren't helping them because we're carrying feedback and we're carrying critical conversations that they could grow from or they could have self-evaluate and say maybe this isn't for me maybe this isn't like I said you know maybe the Maybe a church that I worked for wasn't for me, and so how do I go and find something that is? Mm -hmm. Um, But we have to give them the opportunities to choose those things. You know, so
0: it's the confrontation with the plan of reconciliation. In other words, we're going to reconcile this problem and make it better. And and so if you go to them with that mindset, and really as a leader, the way I do it is I go to those meetings thinking, okay, uh, first I have to— uh, understanding, because I have to take responsibility. Maybe I'm leading the wrong way. Maybe mm-hmm. I haven't been clear in defining what expectations are. And so when when I go, which is step one in yes. our process, right, to go as the manager, as the leader, like, hey, you know, how are we doing? How are you doing? Is everything okay? Because it could be a pastoral care moment. I mean, really, maybe going yeah. through an issue, they might be going mm-hmm. through something. And so if you don't ask the questions, you're only dealing with a Uh, a competency thing rather than an issue with Mm -hmm. their own life. So it gives you a chance to to learn. So, oh, we're just, they're dealing with something at home.
1: Absolutely. So So you don't even need to talk about the competency thing because it's a pastoral moment. The other's going to fix itself.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Or that's one. Or two, it could be, well, I haven't empowered them with the why, which we covered in week one Mm -hmm. uh, or episode one. So uh, I haven't given them the clear why. So why, you know, are we doing what we're doing? So then that helps them. Or number two or three is I haven't given them the resources that they need in order to accomplish the task. And so then I have to look in the mirror first. That's what leaders do. Yep. That's, we look uh, in the uh, mirror
1: first. We should. Yes. Well we should. We we should. But that's gotta be the
0: first step. It isn't they're the problem, I'm the problem.
1: Yeah. But I think sometimes I mean that step gets skipped sometimes. Oh, totally. So I I, like That's a hard step. It It is. Well I'm i I'm like, let's
0: get work done around (laughs) here. So (laughs) for me to slow down means there's less work. But if you realize that actually is probably the the thing that solves most of the Mm -hmm. issues, just that right there. Mm -hmm. So it actually allows me to get more done. It's hard. I gotta take a right step. Than, mm-hmm. To go forward again or yes. to take, you know, a left step. The point is you got to go sideways before you can go forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is probably the most valuable step in this process. Because it where directs where it. to go from right. there.
0: Well, it, we go back to our first episode we did about staff culture. And uh, culture is taking responsibility first and foremost, not mm-hmm. dumping it on someone else. And that so... If that really what your culture is, then you gotta be willing to go own the culture and to live it and be a as you called it, a a culture carrier. So I gotta walk in a meeting and go, Okay, what's going on? How are you doing? How can I help? How can I be a better leader, a better friend? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, let's, let's give our listeners some practicals here. Because sure. I think that we've shared some really great things. But practically, how do you do it? You talked a little bit about documenting things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing worse than if you have to let somebody go than being surprised by that decision. That, Absolutely. That, that it should in never an ideal happen. world, should never happen. Right. Um, and if it does happen, then as the manager you did something
2: wrong. It's a perfect moment for that (laughs) self-check. It is.
1: So let's give our listeners some real practicals, uh, maybe on both the hiring and the letting go side of, you know, how can you create this process? What are some real practicals that could be implemented? And, you know, I think that this is at Bayside for a long while, we did not have a consistent hiring process, kind of depending on who you were, you decided how you hired and what you looked at. But when and we did bring some unification in it, and we put some parameters on it. It helped us hire better, um, and so, and same thing with with firing. Um, so, give us just a couple practicals on both sides that you feel like, you know, hey, if you took this away, if you're a listener, this is really gonna help you sure. in these areas.
2: So uh, for the hiring process, I'm just going to start with, and, and maybe for some people it's a given, but you have to have a job description. So if you don't have clarity of expectations, if you don't have the dart board, so to speak, yeah. this is how I always, um, you know, kind of use an analogy of a staff member is going to get hired and they're going to start throwing darts. And if you have not clearly defined what dartboard they should be aiming at, they're going to start throwing darts at things that Mm -hmm. you don't want them to throw at or they're in the wrong direction. So um, having that job description that gives you and makes you as the manager clearly sit down and go, what is it exactly that this person will be doing? And
0: so this thing should be what? Two or three, four bullet points. Yes, like That's,
2: no more. If your job description is any more than a page, it's too long. Right. So, right, none of us can We, we do manage. more bullet
0: points too. Exactly. Because you don't want to write a bunch of paragraphs. Yeah. Right,
2: these are the responsibilities and these are the performance measures so that it's very clear, bullet pointed out, it should not be your standard operating procedures of how to do everything. It should just be, what the is it that's crucial for you to do You know, Maybe role.
1: we could, Randy, put like a sample job description on the website. Just so ask, people, it could be a resource. Like if you're a listener and you're wanting to kind we of... We could give
0: a template. We could yeah. give an example and they can use the template. Yeah. They can put their own church name and whatever yep, you on could, there. Absolutely. Okay. It might it'll, help you. Super it'll easy. It'll be on the website. Okay, we can do there
2: that. You go. So start with the job description, then you're looking for candidates. In an ideal world, if you are hiring from within, those are people that you're already observing, leading volunteers, volunteering at your church, they're carrying your culture. You're able to see that. So inviting a person into an interview process where you already know their success in that Mm -hmm. process, um, we covered this a little bit, but go ahead. No, I mean,
1: I got a, I got a question okay. for you. Finish. I, got a, I think I got a good question.
2: All right. So, um, but then having the interview process with not only you as the manager, but also that culture panel to surround you and prevent you from making the wrong decision yeah. because of yes. pain. Yes. Um, and then going through the background check process in our church, as well as the reference process. So, if I show up from another organization, I probably can get through a couple interviews well, but unless you call and check my references to say like, hey, what does that character really look like um, in the hours? That's I crucial. am
0: utterly amazed at how many people do not call references. People that used to work here and mm-hmm. they work somewhere else. It could be another church or yep. businesses right. in our church and they never called and asked. And these are people that I know. Yes. And they didn't call and ask. And I would have said, y- let me tell you why they don't work here mm-hmm. anymore. Right. Because everybody can interview well. Yep,
2: mm-hmm. you can. Yep. You can get through that process. Great. So
0: don't hire someone without doing that because you might be hiring another person's problem. And you get to pick and choose, but at least get the information. percent. So, so you can make a decision with all the information. And most exactly. times we never do. Oh, they see the name. Oh, they worked at such and such a church or for so yeah. and so on. I
2: and then, you know, our last step in the hiring process, and this is where it can turn sideways from the very beginning, is a formal offer letter from the HR department. And the reason that I say it can turn sideways is we have these conversations around hiring, whether it's start dates or your salary or what your benefits might be, whether that's insurance or time off. And, different managers could say something and mean something else. And so they leave the conversation thinking, no, I clearly said this much money and this time and somebody else thinks something different. So having something in writing that you're equipping your team with, if you don't have an HR person, somebody that's assigned in your organization that is going to partner with your finance person and say, this is the start date. This is the dollar amount. These are the benefits. And that way, the start of the employment relationship starts well. There's Mm -hmm. times when that doesn't exist, where someone says, well, we talked about the fact that I would get this, or I would have that, or, you know, I thought I was going to be able to get a raise in 90 days. Mm-hmm. And so if everything's in writing from the very beginning, it just clarifies all yep, of that's that. Very it's important. crucial to help that that's part good. of the process. So that's right. hiring. So
1: I got a question for you. Yes. And I got to go back to something that you said, because I think we have we have learned this a little bit at Bayside, and maybe some of our listeners have had this challenge as well. So you talked about the value of hiring somebody from within. I think we all agree with it would be great. Absolutely. Um, But you've got this panel interview process and all and all of this. So how do you approach someone and talk to them about this position without overpromising that they are going Mm. to get the position? (laughs) Yes. Because there is still an interview process and they may not get the position. Um, And so What's your experience of helping to navigate? Again, we're trying to take care of people over anything. We want to take care of people who who matter and come to our church and call this place home and family, right. before just filling a spot on the team. Um, how do you how do you do that? How do you navigate
2: that? So I think that oftentimes we can overcomplicate these conversations, and so it is possible in a ministry to approach a, a great volunteer or a great leader and say, Hey, we have recently posted this position to our website, and we're going to be looking for someone like you know I know that we've served together I would invite you to apply so and if the conversation goes further than that if they're like oh yeah I would be super interested like what do you think I think just communicating hey you know what we use panel interviews. There's going to be more than one person making that decision. Our panel needs to be unanimous. Everybody goes through that same process at Bayside. So it puts you in a place where you can invite someone to apply, but you're also communicating very clearly. This isn't just a one person. I'm going to hire you because we're best buds and we hang out all the time, right? And I think that's where people can, it, when they fail to communicate the ownership of that process and the fact that there is a process, mm-hmm. um, that you the invitation is to submit an application, that you see something in them mm-hmm. and you think you would love to have a conversation. Um, some good. of our managers will even say like, hey, would you like to grab a cup of coffee and talk about this position, right? Where it's not an over promise, but maybe that person does or doesn't make it into the interview process. Yeah. So um, that's why. This process exists. It exists just as much to hire the right person as it does to support our managers Mm -hmm. who are hiring and create safe spaces for them. Exactly.
0: It works both sides because I can just sit here envisioning people at church or at their house hanging out with a friend that wants to apply for the job and they're, they got to be nice to their friend. Mm -hmm. God, I hope this person doesn't work for me. I like being your friend, but I want you to work for me. So this allows you to say, well, just go through the process and I don't get to make the final decision. Yeah. Oh, so it, it eliminates that way. And it also eliminates the church's, you know, being the the, the bad guy too, or you being the bad person. Because yeah. it's like, well, I don't really make the decision. They do. Right. So it, it helps on both sides of this.
1: Yeah, yeah the yeah. process, it does. It helps. I, uh, thank you for walking us through that. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think that's really practical. That was a good question. <laughs> yes. Isn't it
0: so? I mean.
1: I, I was like, I, I'm not saying that. We've never done that before. Yeah.
0: Maybe. (laughs) We need to listen to this podcast.
1: You know, but isn't that what this podcast is all about? Is like we do things and we learn. Oh. And and now we have a hiring process. Imagine. In order to help all of these things. Yeah.
0: Our stupidity is your wisdom now.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but it it is. And, you know, honestly, I think we could continue. But on that note, we might need to say goodbye. Really? For this. Till next time? Till next time.
0: Until next time. Until there next time.
1: It really, Amy, it has been such a, an incredible conversation. Very practical. And uh, we will. I think we can link some of these things on the website, um, some resources, some templates, and some different things. And maybe we can even bullet point some of, not that you have to adopt this uh, Bayside's hiring policy and, and, and even policy for, for, what would you call a correction and, and what would you call that policy? We discipline. call it Dis- our
2: progressive discipline. There, there should, should be discipline. a progressive that's good. to your discipline. It shouldn't be an immediate thing. Yeah. yeah
0: that's, <laughs> if, if, if that's your meant last name. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: surprise! <laughs> Let me sort you out.
1: Um, but, you know, again, not that you have to do it exactly this way, but maybe this will be a resource for you and it will help you. It could you. be a great launching pad um, for you to absolutely. write it and
0: redo your own. Absolutely. So it. we'll
1: make sure to put that on the website and you can get all of that. Well, Amy, again, thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. Randy, as always.
0: Man, another episode. <laughs> another episode We have another out. one to go with this series. With this
1: series, and it's going to be really good. And uh, I, I I like this series thing. I, hope, are... our, I hope our listeners are too. Um, well, we will see you again on the next episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybazette.com.